Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. You know, every time I hear that promo, I think to myself, wow, I don't know if I should be happy or sad about that. You know, we're the worst, right? Well, you know, like you said yesterday, Brad, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> I guess. This is the BJ Show. I'm Brad. He's John. Together we make BJ. <laughs> I don't know if that is. And that stands for Blackjack. <laughs> yeah, Blackjack. Uh, he is the guy who every single day puts together a list of all the top things that he thinks going on in the state of Missouri, and he puts it up on his website. His name, John Combest, that's what the website is, johncombest.com, C-O-M-B-E-S-T. Number three, what's going on today? If you live or work in St. Louis City, first of all, condolences. Secondly, if you're tired of paying the earnings tax, there's a percentage of people who might no longer have to pay the earnings tax. And that's thanks to some bipartisan legislation. Two state representatives, one St. Louis Louis County Representative Jim Murphy, who's a Republican, and Democrat, the unfortunately named Steve Butts, that's B-U-T-Z for those playing the home game, have both proposed to exempt low-income workers from the St. Louis City earnings tax. And that threshold would be about $22,000, $23,000. It looks like the, the, the number's 22590 So there's a couple different earnings tax proposals that are in the legislature this year, but this is one that both a Republican and a Democrat support. And as Br- Brad, as you have mentioned before, there's also legislation out there proposing that folks who commute into St. Louis City and don't actually work physically in St. Louis City, even though the company might be might be located there, would also be exempt from the city earnings well, tax. Well, they are already, but they tried to switcheroo that during the COVID thing. You know, that's I mean, right. You yeah, you mentioned that on a previous episode. You're oh, right yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. They they are. If that's the way, pre-COVID. And, of course, they changed everything during COVID. They just, you know, isn't it amazing we live in this country that's supposed to be governed by rules, but COVID comes along and they just change everything. You know, <laughs> oh, hey, you can't do this, yeah, you can't it, do you that. Know what? The, the Constitution doesn't matter right. if there's a Chinese virus floating Right, around. right, right, right. You can't, you, your store can't open, you know, like certain stores <laughs> can't open. You can't open. Uh, if you do, you only have 10 people in a store at one time. It's like, okay, where did that come from? You know what I mean? What? Hey, um, it, it, it was a public health crisis, Brad, and I'm upset that you're not still wearing a mask. Actually, right now, as you broadcast. I am. I've got my Lone Ranger mask on. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's the number. That's the number three story today. Yeah. The number two story is an event that hasn't happened yet, but that will happen in about two and a half hours. Scott Fawn from the Missouri Times will host Senator Denny Hoskins on Scott's midweek update. Now, Denny is a member of the Missouri Freedom Caucus. So if you're looking for a perspective from the Freedom Caucus, that's not quite Bill Eigel. 
not quite as much hellfire and brimstone and might be a little bit more uh, – how, how might we describe that, Brad? Somebody who's a little bit more of a velvet hammer, you would say. If Bill Eigel is a sledgehammer, you could think of Denny Hoskins maybe as being a velvet hammer. So he'll be on the show at 9.30 Central Time talking a little bit about what's going on. Denny is also running statewide for Secretary of State. Uniquely, the man who stripped him of his committee chairmanship and his committee membership, Caleb Rowden, is running against Denny Hoskins for Secretary of State. And over the weekend, Brad, one of the interesting things is that members of the Freedom Caucus highlighted that there were at least 10 Republican county central committees throughout the state that called on Senator Caleb Rowden and Senator Cindy O'Loughlin to step down from their leadership spots. So I imagine Denny will talk a little bit about that. Interesting. Yeah. And, and now, so the number one story number today. One. That, were you saying something, Brad? I'm no, sorry. I said, and number one. Number one is uh, a recap from the Sedalia Democrat, an overview really of the Republican presidential caucuses. We're starting to get to that point of the news cycle. The, the caucuses are going to be held on March 2nd. So pretty much every local paper will be doing a story about how folks can get involved. Uniquely, the Sedalia Democrat reporter named Chris Howell couldn't get the name of the Missouri Republican Party uh, official correct. The man's name is Chandler Haynes, not Chandler Hayes. This is the kind of thing that could be corrected with a 30-second Google search or perhaps if you had an editor who cared about accuracy. But Republicans Carly Young, Trey Fauche – and also Chandler Haynes were at, were at the Pettis County Courthouse giving an overview of the Republican caucus system. So expect more of those stories as, as we get closer to March 2nd. And those are the top three. You know, it's interesting. Yesterday I was listening to um, – what was I listening to? I was listening to NPR for a while. Uh, shame on me. And Shame on you. I didn't even realize this. The Nevada caucuses for uh, – the, the Nevada – what's weird about it is the Nevada state, let's just say called Nevada state – primary system is set up there's a caucus and there's also a primary do you know about this uh no i don't it, it, does one does a party run one and the state runs the other no well i don't know who runs one or but what happens is you can sign up for either one or the other so if i'm not mistaken uh nikki haley is signed up for uh the primary and donald trump is signed up for the caucus but you can't sign up for both of them and i'm going like okay this is just craziness it, well that might make sense because from what i understand and, and i don't follow the national caucus or primary system that closely but from what i understand nevada was always a lock for donald trump so if if it's a caucus system and the hardcore people you know are going to be for trump if you're nikki haley you think okay i mean what's my other play my only other shot would be to be in to participate in the primary Interesting. I mean, th th at this point in time, it's funny, uh, the segment that was airing right before we went on the air, the pre-recorded segment where I referred to Kabuki, you know, <laughs> this year, both the Democratic and the Republican primaries so far have turned out to be exactly that. It's just Kabuki yeah. because you know what the outcome is going to be. We, on the Democrat, we know it's going to be Joe Biden unless yeah. there's some last minute thing where at the at the convention he gets up and he says, you know, I've thought about this and I think it's time to pass the torch. And everybody to goes, Taylor Whoa. Swift. I think it's time to pass the torch to Taylor <laughs> Swift. <laughs> uh, and the Trump thing is, you know, you know, yesterday I heard not one, not two, but three different attorneys give their opinion on the deal with this, what is it, E. Jean Carroll, the lady oh, who... Oh, yeah, the lady that made up whatever story it is. Well, you know, 
Some people say she did. Some people say she didn't. I mean, I still find it interesting. You can be convicted of, or well, it's not a criminal court. It was a, uh, the first time it was, it was a uh, civil court. You can be convicted of something that the person who's convicting you has, can't even tell you what year it was. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm going and, like, that, and remember, New York had that rule this year that, that just expired. I'm not sure exactly when the deadline was. But where you had, you know, a woman claimed that Steven Tyler uh, in the 1970s, I think it was, kissed her in a hotel lobby. And, you know, she was doing him. She didn't she couldn't tell you anything about it. But she was, you know, she was clearly very traumatized by the by the kiss and a touch or things like that. But it doesn't matter because it's, you know, it's, hey, believe her, Brad. Believe her. And if you don't believe her, then you are a raging misogynist. Can I tell you a weird story about what happened to me? You talk about kissing. Oh, yeah. This is I like, mean, this is a family program. This is, well, no, this is like 10 No, it's or, not. It's a PG-13 program. Go <laughs> this, ahead. This is like 10 or 11 years ago. I'm on, I can't even remember what, I, I think I was going down for some event that was on Main Street in St. Charles. And I'm walking along, and there's three ladies walking along, coming in the opposite direction. And the one lady, they're like, you know, shoulder to shoulder. The one lady sort of steps ahead of the others and she comes right at me and she comes up and she hugs me and she kisses me on the lips oh and the other two ladies just sort of laugh and i look at her she looks at me and they just continue walking down the sidewalk <laughs> now here's what's interesting about and then that. you eloped like no, we gotta have no. a resolution to this brad no here's what's interesting about that is that let's flip it around if oh there were, if can there were, you imagine <laughs> right there are three dudes I'm one of three dudes walking down the street, and I'm in North Main in St. Charles, and downtown St. Charles, and there's a, an, a, a lady walking the other direction, and I split off from the other two dudes, and I walk up to her, and I put my arms around her, and I kiss her on the lips. What do you think would happen to me? I mean, do you think that there would be a 911 call made that <laughs> I had assaulted someone? You know, there, the, the footage would be definitely, any of the security cam footage that would, from the businesses or the streetlights or whatever, would be on local television, and you would be the kissing bandit, and you not to be confused with Morgana, the kissing bandit from baseball fame, but you would be the Main Street kissing bandit. You, you're dating and yourself. People are going. Like, I know. Remember Morgana? How great she was. <laughs> yes, there was this lady named, and she wasn't the she wasn't Busty Heart, but she. Let's she said. Let's say she had a very curvaceous figure. Correct. Yeah, and, I would say that. It, I I don't know how she didn't fall over. Right. So people can connect. So she would get out on the field, mainly baseball. Although I, somebody said she did football as well too, but it wasn't as big of a deal in football. Yeah, it would. Baseball was her. She was a cleat chaser, as we say. Right, and she would get out on the field and she'd run up to the players and kiss them. And they yeah. called her, her name was Morgana, and they called her the Kissing Bandit. Morgana the Kissing Bandit. And she, <laughs> I remember famously, she she gave Cal Ripken a kiss. And part of her gimmick was she'd wear this bright red lipstick, which is like red flag number one. Right. Which is delightful. But anyway, she'd wear this bright red lipstick. And so her, her she wanted to leave a mark on the players, you know, so that like through the rest of the game, they would have a big lipstick thing. But she did it with Cal Ripken. And did it, by the way, means kissing. She did it with Ripken and I think Pete Rose and Reggie Jack. And then like a whole a whole cast of characters. Yeah, a bunch of uh, who are now, except for Pete Rose, a lot of Hall of Famers back who were yeah, future yeah. Homer, Hall of Famers. And but you know, Brad, you would so you would have you would have had a moniker such as the Kissing Bandit. But this is one of those things that that we can point to and say that of course there's a double standard. Now I would make the argument, Brad, that there's a reason why there's a double standard because you didn't feel like your life or something was in danger then. Guys who were involved in the men's rights 
movement would say, well, we should be prosecuting these women and we should be we should prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. There's just a difference between men and women. And again, in a gynocentric environment in which the needs and rights of women are put above those of men, we're always going to have instances like well, this. Well, there's there's a pretty, pretty famous case that's going on right now. Um, and I don't know if you know this. I can't remember the names. Don't ask me for the names. But it's two very high-profile uh, Instagram slash, uh, you know, Facebook uh, slash YouTube influencers, okay? Okay. And they're, you know, attractive dude, good-looking dude. Matter of fact, he's a black dude, and lady is a white dude, and very attractive. Both White of them, dude? Know, <laughs> oh, no, excuse, excuse me. White she's lady. A, she's a white gal. And they're both very attractive, and they do a lot of, you know, you see them all on Instagram and stuff like that, a lot of YouTube stuff. And she allegedly murdered him. And what? Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like actually murdered him? Oh yeah, stabbed him to death. Yeah. Oh, and, holy cow! And, I'm not aware of this. Right, and she's being tried. But here's the interesting thing: they're they're saying that he was a victim because they're saying that that she's saying that he attacked her and that you know she she killed him in self defense. Sure. And, which he which he can't defend himself from right now. Right, but but what's interesting is now all these videos have surfaced that he was a victim of. They weren't married, so I guess we call it, you know, um, domestic, it's domestic, still domestic, yeah, though, domestic right? abuse. That he was mm-hmm. he was the victim of domestic abuse, and I've seen a couple of these videos, and she's just wailing on him. Matter of fact, there's one where they're at somebody's house. And they get into a little bit of a ver- verbal skirmish, and she just goes off on him and's hitting him and punching him and kicking him, and he's like doing the covering his face and trying yeah, to get away. Yeah. You know, I mean, he and he's obviously not not you know in a confrontational mode. He is, if anything, in a in a defensive mode. He's almost yeah. at one point in time he almost get, he gets on a on a chair and almost gets in like to a fetal position, and she's just wailing on him. And this is yeah. one of this is one of several videos. Now going back to my police days. Um, one of the detectives, I mean, this is a long time ago. One of the detectives told me that, that this was, I mean, this is back in the day and it's still very, very common today. There are a lot of men that are victims of domestic abuse, but they will never admit it because, because of the shame and the embarrassment. Right. Cause as a man, you, yeah. you don't ever want to admit that some lady beat the crap out of you. You know what I mean? And, but, and, and also, I don't mean to interrupt Brad, but, but think of, if, for example, if there's kids in the house, and even if there's not, but let's use as kids as an example, what kind, as a man, what kind of an example are you setting for your kids if you tolerate bad behavior, if you tolerate someone saying they're going to do something and they don't, if you tolerate someone physically assaulting you, what kind of an example are you, set, are you setting as a man for your children? Oh, I, I agree. I, I, it would, the whole thing is... I I've ne- see this is what I don't understand about human relationship and I will never understand it. How in the world you have a man and a woman and now people would say a man and a man and a woman and a woman whatever like <laughs> but the most common thing is a man and a woman. A man and a woman meet. They have attraction. They fall in love. They have this incredible, you know, attraction whatever it is. They get married and then something happens where things start to fall apart. And at some point in time, it gets so bad that they hate each other. Mm-hmm. How in the world is it possible for two people to go to that complete arc in the human experience? You know what I'm saying? From love, I, yeah. But, from but, but love I mean, to I hate. think there's a simple explanation for it. I think that some people grow and change and evolve, and maybe another partner doesn't. 
So I think that probably happens sometimes. But also, Brad, I think there's, you know, we talked about Jay Ashcroft's campaign last week and the idea of death by a thousand cuts. I think there's a thousand little offenses that a man might see or a woman might see that build up resentment over time. Maybe a woman looks at a man and says, this man had so much potential and I hope so many things for him. And now he just sits around and, and takes edibles and watches sports. And that's not the kind of life I want to have. And every day that resentment builds up. And, you know, it, it goes the other way, too. A man looks at a woman and says, well, she popped out a couple kids and look at her body now. And she clearly doesn't care about looking good for me. It's resentment. It's And, and think of how many men and women are comfortable in their relationships, Brad. And then that just leads to resentment. There's a million different reasons why it could happen. John, the family counselor here. I, I do a bit of it. I do a bit of it, Brad. Okay, one last thing in this segment. Um, I don't know if you heard the top of the hour news. I heard this yesterday. They released the names of the three uh, soldiers who were killed in that drone strike. Yeah. And two of them are young women from Georgia. Matter of fact, the uh, unit that was there, it was a Georgia, a Georgia National Guard, a Georgia State National Guard. Uh, and one of the women is like 22 and the other one's like 24. I'm thinking, God, you know, now here's what's weird about this. Is it, as we revisit this, is it right that we have women? And they weren't necessarily in combat, but they were in an area that is not so secure. Um, and they had a drone attack. Uh, is it proper that we have women in these areas? And or is it to the point where this is the epitome of equal rights? The epitome of if a man can be killed in combat, a woman can be killed in combat as well, too. Or is it a matter of we don't have enough male soldiers, so let's put a young woman there because it's the best we got? Well, I, the, the sad part of this is these are, you know, National Guard, which essentially is a uh, you know, there are some full-time National Guard people. For most time, most it's part, a volunteer part-time thing. Right, it's a part-time thing where you go mm-hmm. on weekends and two weeks a year. Uh, you go off to uh, you know wh- whatever. My dad was was in the reserves for 36 years. He was in active active duty in World War II for four years, and then and then in the reserves for 36. And he did the two-week thing where they'd go off and. My dad, being a civil engineer, they'd go out. They'd go and build something, you know, which yeah. I was always <laughs> yeah. interesting because he was in an engineer battalion. He was, matter of fact, he was in the Corps of Engineers. That was that now, was... he was recruited by their whole DEI recruitment campaign, wasn't he, Brad? No, that's what really attracted him. <laughs> no. That's what attracted him. He to the whole fought National for Party. our company again, or for our country <laughs> against the Germans and the Japs. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's exactly that right. Was, that was as as you go back. Matter of fact, on this station, if you listen to the station, we've got. Some some little fillers that I run from time to time that that chronicle. Um, have you ever heard any of these that I play? Oh yeah, I've heard them. Okay, the amazing thing is these are people that you had no idea were heroes. Jim Garner, James Garner, uh, mm-hmm. Norman Lear. You know the professor from from uh, from uh, Gilligan's Island did uh, was shot out of the sky in a B twenty five missile bomber and and uh, ended up in the ocean, broke both of his legs, and dog paddled for twelve hours before he rescued. I mean, these guys are bon- I mean, Charles Bronson was a hero. Lee Marvin was a hero. Lee Marvin was 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 shot twice by a Japanese machine gunner on like his tenth invasion of an island in the Pacific. I mean, these are all like. Hero, yeah. hero, hero, hero. I mean, even Ted Williams gave up some of the best years of his career. Right. He was a fighter pilot. You know, yeah. I mean, crazy stuff. And came back and hit 406. Brad. Yes. I mean, amazing stories. You know, Chuck Yeager, who 
who who fought in World War II. Then he was, if you watch the the movie, the right stuff was the first man to break the the the, the sound barrier, and then yeah. went and fought in Vietnam. He had a hundred combat missions in Vietnam. We're like, holy cow! It was a different brand of men, Brad. I'm telling you. I, <laughs> and and now, as we like to say on this show, you got to have an edible to go through the par- to the carpool lane, Brad. That's what men are today. <laughs> Pop, pop a little cannabis sativa, and, and maybe you can maybe you can figure out the carpool lane today. Isn't it sad how we've fallen? <laughs> it is, but not us, Brad. Excuse and me. We're I talking s- to we're talking to men and real women right now. That's right. I snorted, so don't, excuse me. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Comcast's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling: A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of The Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? 